to Into the Time Vortex podcast. I am Ken, Jeff, Julia, Scott, and this time we're talking about a two-part um, new who Empty Child Doctor Dances. Um, first off, what do people think of this episode? I think it's the best story of, of series one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's the most complex, like character-wise, and all the little things that are going on in the sort of side stories. It's not my favorite of the season, but it's close, probably close to it, and it's probably one of my favorite Moffat episodes. Um, other than Blink, um, I don't really, I'm not a big fan of him, so um, this is like an aberration. It, this was, um, I was very disillusioned with season one, and I I know there were a couple of good ones, like I thought Dalek was pretty good and Father's Day was pretty good, but this was sort of like the light in the middle of garbage, basically. And then we, I kept seeing this, every time Moffat came on, it was like, excellent episode, then the rest were garbage. So in my mind, Moffat turned into this like savior <laughs> until he took over and then that was completely wiped out. But, um, but this episode was, I thought this was fantastic. Um, and watching it again I I have to say that when I watch I I didn't like Russell T. Davis at all I really was very vocal about I didn't like him because I thought he was very almost spoofing Doctor Who and not really being serious about it and then now that I compare his episodes to Stephen Moffat I wish he was back and I wish he would do what he did because he did a lot of things right. He did a lot of things wrong, but he did a lot of things right. In this episode, and maybe I always thought it was Moffat, but now I'm wondering if Russell T. Davis kind of looked at Moffat's script and said, let's make it coherent <laughs> first off. <laughs> oh, thank you. you know. And maybe it wasn't Moffat. But, um, but watching this, I'm like, wow, this is actually really good. There's still some stuff that bothered me, but um, not as much as the new, sh- the new stuff. So. The um, one of the things that I thought was good about this, and you guys mentioned it already, was well, this is a two-parter, so we were able to get into those characters, um, and we had a couple of two-parters in the first season, but um, this was probably the best one. I would say yeah. of the two of the we had what the World, World War Three Aliens, aliens of, yeah, of London, London, which um, and then. Uh, <laughs> The, the final, which... Bad Wolf and Parting of the Ways. Yeah, yeah. And, and that wasn't as bad, but... Yeah. So, um... At least this story didn't have any farting aliens. You, right. 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 I, what I thought was so impressive about this episode was how... And I was watching it, trying to remember how I first watched it. I didn't know... You don't know what's going on, and stuff doesn't make any sense. And Moffat yeah. did that in the, in the Russell T. Davis era. He'd come up with something that you're like, what? That doesn't make any sense. And, but, by the end, you're like, oh! Yeah. Especially the uh, girl in the fireplace. It all makes sense at the end. Too bad he never does that ever again. He doesn't do that (laughs) when he takes over the show. But Yeah, I was really confused when I saw the the plague epidemic, and I thought that was some really effective CG animation, and uh, very creepy, and... Um, almost PG-rated, you know, PG-rated uh, horror, you know. Um, yeah. And then finding out in the end, 
that this medical device just thought that was part of human anatomy. I thought mm. that, that was cool. Because, yeah. you know, earlier on, I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> yeah, when you don't know. Because, you know, I forget how I felt when I first watched these episodes. But that is some creepy stuff. And this kid just walking around. Yeah. It scared the heck out of my daughter when she watched it the first time. And I asked her last night if she wanted to watch it again. She's like, nope. How old was she when she... Um, eight, nine. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's creepy. I mean, it's, and it do, they do it over and over and over again. I mean, the scene where they were in, listening to the recording and you hear the... Yeah. Oh, my God, you know. And they just did that over and over and over again. And I also thought the humor in this was... Some of the better human, better humor, especially the whole banana stuff where he pulls the gun out of <coughs> the banana, and um, this is all stuff that I thought, you know, Moffat did really well, or someone in this episode did really well. Well, whoever was writing, uh, well, it was Moffat writing, but I mean, it's hard to not have John Barrowman be funny. He's a funny guy. Yeah. You know, he's just he's funny. He has that attitude about him. So, John Berriman, I have that on my list here, Captain Jack. Anyways, not John Berriman, Captain Jack. What were your first impressions of Captain Jack? <laughs> yeah? Okay. Oh, my God. I had no idea he was polyamorous. I, I didn't get a lot of the innuendo at first. I thought he was just like, um, you know, one of those sleazy pickup artists, like, after Rose, but then when I realized, like, he picks up after any alien he wants, you know, he's interested in. Well, he was, he was, uh, obviously had some sort of a relationship with one of the soldiers. Right, right, and I oh, totally yeah. missed that. I totally missed that part. Well, he says, nice bottom. <laughs> yeah, I thought, well, you know how sometimes, like, hetero men joke around like that, mm -hmm. know, but anyway, it's not, it's not an issue, but I, um, um, I don't know. I thought he was kind of like slimy at first. Yeah, but... I couldn't stand him at first. I was just like... But then, after he follows them in the TARDIS for the later episodes, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I warmed to the character. Because yeah. I know he's not just the con man, but he's also, you know, he's got a conscience. Yeah, I, I, um, I thought this was his best episode. I thought he went <laughs> downhill from there. I, I did not like... I don't like the character. I don't like Torchwood. Um... I mean, he's not horrible. I, I thought he was pretty good in Utopia, but um, I, I, uh, I, I I just thought he was really good in this, and I I, I, I like the chemistry between um, Captain Jack and Rose back and forth, and, and that brought up another topic was I I, I was so um, noticing how much of the sex was in this episode. Even the title, The Doctor Dances, and then they started saying, do you dance, do you dance, and then later on they're equating dance to sex, yeah. and it's like the whole episode is like, you know, and then they're just flirting back and forth to the point where Rose is swooning over Captain Jack, it seems, and, you know, she goes back and forth, you know, and then... It was is that too, was that too much for a, show, for a kid's show like this? It just seemed like, especially with, you know... And this is where I thought the the gay agenda was coming in with Captain Jack, where he, where we had, boom, 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 constantly references like, oh, I, you know, I, I woke up with my jailers, the lovely couple, both of them, you know, and, and and he just had to keep bringing that up. He had, he had it again and again and again, and I'm like, oh, well, maybe 
you didn't pick up on it, so maybe it needed to be put in a bunch of times. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah, that's too much. And th he continued to do that throughout the show. It wasn't just Captain Jack, it was other characters. And I know it's probably not nice for me to, you know, in this day and age, everyone's like, oh, my God, don't say that. But I just thought it was a little bit too much of a hammering. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised the Westboro Baptist Church didn't, didn't hear that. about this. <laughs> well, the other um, the other thing that I didn't catch the first time was when the the, the family catches Nancy in the house stealing oh, yeah. the food, oh, yeah, the and, he, and the husband's the one having the relationship with the butcher. Yeah, and and and, and I, I mean. This, this episode was full of it, and, and, and full of that, and Russell T. Davis is the person who we think would have that agenda, but now Moffat comes in, and it just seems like it was a little over the top in this episode, and, you know, what, are kids going to look at this and go, wait a minute, what does he mean by that, you know, um, it just seemed like it was too much, Yeah. and... Um, Especially when they go back in time, because, okay, we get it. When you're back in time, the thinking of gay or thinking of equality or race and stuff like that, that stuff was primitive back then. And I, what's the, the, the group there, the, um, the lesbian Solarian? Oh, uh, I mean, they, they have that episode where there's that shock value of like, Oh yeah, I'm a lizard from an alien a planet, and the guy doesn't have any reaction. Then he goes, "I'm also married to this woman there," and the guy goes, "Oh!" <gasps> and face, and it's like, okay, we get it. Uh, okay, we we know that they were backward, non-forward thinking at all, but we don't have to hammer it in our heads. That, you know, yeah. I don't know. I just feel I I've never particularly thought the agenda was handled. There's some that they've done well, but. Some of them, they're just kind of like in-your-face type thing. Yeah, that that relates to some uh, uh, something that I would like to point out is like in the in contrast to the classic series and just like classic television in general, where you know having a child out of wedlock was just like taboo. I mean, everybody, you know, mom and dad slept in single beds, like in the TV shows mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, to have a character that had a child out of wedlock is that. Am I right about that? Yeah, well, I said she was very young, too. So she, you're talking about um, uh, Nancy. 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 Yeah, and Nancy's the mother of the screen right now. She was like 15 years yeah. old or whatever. And she, that, that threw everyone off because, yeah. um, you know, she, she didn't want to admit to it because whatever. But uh, I thought that was handled pretty well because it yeah. was part of the uh, whole reveal because those things did happen in that time period they just weren't talked about yeah. but i think right. uh, that i thought that was pretty effective as far as the storyline goes I, I i felt again maybe i'm reading into it too much but when he went into the bar at the beginning i thought that was a gay bar because <laughs> all the people that were sitting around were all couple men and there was a couple of uh, women in there but and they were just kind of like looking at each other and i was like you know are they like <laughs> okay, I get it. You know, everyone in Britain at that age is at that time was gay. Okay, except for the soldiers. You know, well that one's the RAF. Was, yeah. Yeah. Oh well, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, so you walked to the bar. That was kind of like the funniest scene of the. <clears throat> well, it, it was. Has anyone seen a bomb landing? Yeah. <laughs> There's humor There was a lot of good humor in this one, and a lot of good scares. Because um, the we all saw it when it came out then, or right. Right. Does the special effects still hold up? 
Because it's most of them. I think so. I think that that transformation of the Doctor into not Doctor Who, but um, I mean the Doctor, but Doctor Constantine, Mm -hmm. when his face morphs into the gas mask, I I still think that that was supposed to CG. You're supposed to hear the sounds of the bones cracking. You do, yeah. But they kind of toned it down because it was too over top. On my DVD, it was pretty loud. Well, the episode surround sound. Maybe they added it into the DVD. Maybe, but the, I know the episode they toned it down. Yeah, there's so yeah. So I was just crack. watching what was on the the TV when I both times that I've seen it. Yeah, did, and did I didn't record, hear the did you rec- Oh, you watched it. What did you watch it on? Um, I torrented it. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, yep. Um, you, 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 you called Uncle, torrenting. Uncle Torrance. Like officially, de- uh, you know, BBC Worldwide purchase. So that would have been <laughs> the DVD, like not the DVD, probably the original air. Maybe okay. I don't know. Okay. So maybe you, it was a DVD. So when, I didn't when, when he transformed, did you hear? <laughs> I heard all kinds of stuff. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But it sounded more like a like a sucking noise than a bones cracking yeah. noise. Yeah. I wanted to comment on, on your comment about like the humor in the episode. Um, is this the first instance that um, the classic Star Trek has ever been mentioned in, in the new Who, or in any Who at all? Because didn't, so. didn't Captain Jack call him Mr. Spock? Yeah, because yeah, that's what Rose kept saying, can't you Spock it or something? <laughs> she, 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 she said, this is Mr. Spock, and he's like, my name's not Spock, and it's like, but we don't, I'm not going to say Doctor Who, you know? Yeah, So like John she, she Smith up, is now Mr. Spock. Yeah, she came <laughs> up with that. I don't, I thought there was yeah, something in this episode. She was I so think Ted mentioned Spock like before, but this, I think this is the first time do, um, Star, Star Trek was ever yeah. mentioned. Um, so, I don't know, that, that, I mean, they probably do it all the time now. They reference all kinds of pop culture yeah, in the series yeah. now, but and then um, one of the things that we could talk about is the guest cast in terms of the characters and how well they did. I don't know all the char- uh, actors and actresses' name. I thought the woman who played Nancy was great. I don't yeah. know. I've never seen her in anything else. I don't think, but she was really good. But yeah, I loved her. I thought she was and the kids believable. I love the kids. I love when when she was kind of you know. Um, thank you, Miss. Thank you, Miss. And he goes, Thank you, Miss. And then there's this kid with turkey hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> that scene made me so hungry. Like I just, oh, yeah. I, I just couldn't wait for Thanksgiving good. dinner or Christmas dinner. Uh, I just wanted to go, you know, bake a turkey, roast a turkey. Yeah, but it was a pretty good. I don't know who else. I mean, was it Gaius or oh, the, the guy from? <laughs> yeah, but he was also from. Uh, Okay. Uh, keep Dr. Constantine. Dr. Constantine. He was in, uh, I can't remember it, but he played... He was in Merlin. Yeah, he was in Merlin. He was also in... He played Mr. Mildred in uh, One Foot in the Grave. as was a comedy show. He was like this bitter old man. Nothing ever went right. He was sarcastic as hell. But, and that was... That show was, that he was in was just pretty funny. There's only that many guest appearances now. Guest stars, and if you think about it, were a lot of people and the kids and stuff yeah. like that, but... And everyone in the bar, and all the soldiers, and all this, and all the people at Gasmus. But in terms of actually talking, there was only Nancy and Doctor Constantine, and Captain Jack, yeah. who had significant lines. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. How do you think the effects? We talked about this earlier. How do you think the effects hold up as far as like the whole Rose clinging onto a rope and getting? That was kind of. I mean, I. It's it's like over the top, trying to be like Hollywood, you know, big block. 
Why would she just movie, but... jump off as of before it got too high? Yeah, when it, I'm like, it no, about four or five feet off the ground, just let just go. Let go, but she no, she follows the way up, and here come the planes. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I thought the effects, they, they, you know, it, anything that you, after a while the effects look dated to a de yeah. degree. I mean, some there are exceptions, and there were a lot of good stuff in this one. I mean, the the special effect of the Slovene is dated. Five minutes after it aired, I didn't. Some of the, the Slovene effects weren't that good. Yeah, it reminds me of the classic. Who, as far as like, you can see the seams in the costumes yeah. and stuff. Like that. Mm -hmm. but, but this one, I mean, I, the the morphine effect of the ship to go invisible looked really dated. It looked like oh, the, one was the, near the CG. Yeah, and um, I also noticed. I'm a HD snob by <laughs> definition, so this was filmed in standard definition. It looks pretty good in an upconverted DVD player or whatever, but I'm like, they had a choice right then and there to do it in HD or not, and I still don't like the idea that they didn't do it in HD and yeah. for four seasons or whatever it, it was in eight standard definition. I thought that was a huge... Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess... The expense would have been way too much. Yeah, but, but the newer episodes look fantastic yeah. visually. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. um, but also, I, I also wanted to point out that I think you know I'm assuming this was produced in 2004 because it was re released in 2005 or that well, season, or maybe it was like 2006. But in terms of special effects, like you can even see in Hollywood how effects have gotten better. Yeah. Like if you watched Star Wars, one of the Star Wars movies compared to what you know what we have now um yeah. well, plus this was the first season i yeah. mean they probably thought it would do well but maybe it wasn't going to do that well yeah and so maybe they don't want to sink a lot of money into it yeah one of the other things i noticed when watching this thing and i know a lot of people agree it's like it wouldn't have been nice to see more of eccleston like maybe if he did one more season i mean David yeah because yeah, this this episode he really felt like he was in the groove and he was yeah. comfortable with the part or, you know, yeah. And, like he really was, you know, finally, you know, figured out how he was going to do it. I was worried that his fan base would kind of shrink because he only did one season. And I know there's a lot of Tenant fans out there, but I know there's also a lot of Eccleston fans out there still, and I think that's great. But I, I would have loved to see him in like another, at least another season, if not two. Well, if you only got along with Russell T. Davis. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's just, too, it's just too bad. There, it's too bad. And it's too bad he couldn't have appeared in the um, 50th anniversary yeah, special. They even did storyboards with him in it. Kind of like how Tom Baker, like, for the, the five, yeah. five doctors. Uh, was it the five doctors? Yeah, the five doctors. Backed out at the last minute. The um, There's a lot of little details, like the banana scene that I mentioned earlier, but also... Squareness gun. I, I, I also <laughs> like the... Um, <laughs> Rose being so self-conscious of her shirt through the whole episode, like every time someone like flag girl, she's like, "What? What's wrong with it?" And then she comp he compliments it at the end. She's all proud and everything, and just little stuff like that. I don't know if that's absent in the in the new series or not. I mean, all oh, the humor where Captain Jack was calling her flag girl and you boat captain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I thought a lot of it clicked right, and I did say earlier that there were some problems with this, but I. I I'm not. Maybe it was just the gay agenda was being hammered on a little bit too much. Um, that might have been it. Everything else, I well, thought this was really. What about when the TARDIS phone was ringing? Yeah, that, that was really never my mind. That was exactly that was, what I was, was going to say. Creepy, but it was really never that, like 
Watson, come here. Yeah, it was. You. It was explained because the yes. bo the boy could control anything with a speaker. Anything with a speaker because they could hear him through the radio when they were trapped in that room. Now, the the symbol monkey I don't think has a has a grill. <laughs> But they, they, and, it just cre it's creepy. But then, it's like, like, oh, the Time Fire doesn't one. have a, a speaker grill either, but he's yeah. able to control it. Like, I can see you. But well, he has some sort of telekinetic. There's a little bit of. Well, like, the doctor says, how can a phone ring when it's, does it can't ring or whatever? Yeah. That was like, the phone's not supposed to work. But that was the best, my favorite part of the whole thing is when the TARDIS phone starts ringing. Yeah, that one, I thought that was really effective. It was creepy. It's very creepy. Overall, I'd say it was like for a two-part episode, a lot of, a lot of creepy elements, a lot of, um, uh, you know, I love historical, well, pseudo historical mm -hmm. stuff, and um, and a happy ending. I, I really <laughs> felt that was kind of interesting too, because it was such a happy ending, and, yeah. and you're always like you're looking at this, going, boy, the death count in this episode could be like a hundred or something like that. And at the end, it's like, oh, it's nobody. But and that's then, what Moffat does all the time. I mean, yeah. he, I mean, he couldn't even kill off Clara. Well, and, and, and so he Everybody does it once, lives. and it's great, and then he does it again and again and again, and by Everybody the fourth lives. or fifth time, we're like, wait a minute now. Although I do I do like the brooding, like, you know, the, the mysterious version of Eccleston, who's like this man of mystery, and he's like grumpy and, you know, um, sarcastic, but... You don't really see him like ecstatically happy that often, um, so to see him like you know really yeah. express that emotion that that not not my favorite type of emotion in that character, but maybe in other people. But um, it was nice to see the change though. I, I like the, the this this episode had a lot of atmosphere in it, and I, I'm going to have to think on whether or not that's another thing that I think is lost in the show. Because um, it just felt like you were, it felt like you were there. I mean, you, it, it felt like it was really in World War II or whatever. And just the, the way the music was done and the way it just kind of like this brooding, dark, uh, heavy feeling throughout the whole episode. It just felt like, you know, I don't know what it was, but it just, it was very... Um, Realistic in terms of the location and stuff like that. Yeah, the sets and the lighting, all yeah. it contributed to, like, really... Like, the sound really, effects, the bombings and the... Yeah. Mm -hmm. and it was very realistic. And, you, I don't know, I felt very invested in everybody involved, you know, like, all the characters I was yeah. concerned about at one level or another. And it wasn't like, ugh, I don't like that guy. I mean, I've watched it in preparation for the podcast, but I kind of want to go back and watch it again. <laughs> Just to see the gay bar. <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding. I, I, I don't know. You know, I think that whole gay thing might be because he was only supposed to be a one-off character. He wasn't supposed to come back. Well, it wasn't just all... Well, yeah, yeah. And so yeah, maybe they just wanted to use up all the jokes in one episode. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. And he was so popular that they brought him back. So. Well, he went off... In the t they, they, they saved him and he went off in the TARDIS at the end of this episode. Mm -hmm. It's not like they went back to get him then. I think it was only supposed to be in Series 1, and they brought him back for Series 2. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Because technically he got killed by the Dalek. Well, he got made immortal by the Dalek. And then they brought him back in a different form. They brought River Son. It was basically Captain Jack, but River Son. I think. Anyways. <laughs> well, yeah, she's kind of like a female version of Captain Jack. Oh, but, yeah. But, 
Any, two characters. Anything you know. else we want to say about? No, you pretty much covered. Okay. Well, I just like to say overall, I, I really liked it a lot. I think it was one of the strong, stor- two-part stories of that season. Um, mm-hmm. So I give it a thumbs up. <laughs> two thumbs up. <laughs> I give it one for each that. episode. I give it a resonating <laughs> five out of five stars. <laughs> you give it what nine out of ten stars, and you give it. Uh, yeah, probably five out of five. I mean, it's probably the best one of that season. I mean, there wasn't much to pick from. <laughs> what was your? You said there was one that you thought was better. Uh, of out of the two parters. Well, no, the, of the first season. You said oh. this wasn't your favorite, but next to it. Dalek. Well, I I really like I really liked Father's Day. I liked Dalek. I mean, I liked the single episodes, um, but I did like the two part finale just because you know, growing up, I had never seen Dalek spaceships that oh, know, yeah. firing missiles and flying in space and everything, and it just blew me away. Oh, and the Dalek Emperor, of course. Oh, yeah. yeah. I like the Dalek too, part two, because Eccleston leaves. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing I did. You know, although I always get really excited about regeneration, because you think, like, what are you going to get next? But I always felt like, oh, that's too bad. I wish he could do another season. That didn't bother me. I, it wasn't my favorite. Yeah. I would, yeah, I would admit that, too. He's not my favorite. But I, you know, he was the first. <laughs> okay. And, you know, okay. it was that it got it's what got the show going and still going. So I thought Rose got it kept going up. <laughs> the Rose show. She was pretty good in this. I know she gets annoying later on, but um, yeah, she was definitely better with Eccleston than with you know falling all over Tenet. Yeah. Well, there's more of a companionship between the two of them than um, previous companions in the old series. You know, there's much more of a almost adversarial relationship sometimes between the doctor and the companion and it's always a girl and they're you know the girls are always screaming and waiting to be rescued and yeah I mean you could say that she had to be rescued here too because she was on the barrage balloon but which was just um, dumb to begin with which was dumb to begin with <laughs> well I, I mean so much time has changed I mean you know even watching Terra the Autons and um, some of the other ones like Mark and Ronnie or whatever um, you know, even Mark and Ronnie, they should have known better at that point. And Perry the, and Mel are, are, aren't much better. They're screamers. They run around and they get into trouble and they break legs and stuff or sprain <laughs> their ankles. ankles. And, and it's just frustrating because they weren't even doing it then, and that was right at the end of the classic. And then there's a huge, you know, movement. Of obviously they weren't going to Rose wasn't going to be there and then sprain her ankle ankle in the first episode because it wasn't going to be accepted. No one was going to say that or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. just dumps her boyfriend and says he's worthless and runs into the TARDIS. Well, <laughs> says thanks uh, for nothing. There's another set of issues with that character, but um, <laughs> um, but I thought she was pretty good in this. Well, though she does swoon and she becomes the the typical like oh I got to fall for Captain Jack and. She's Captain, also 19. She also vote for that Adam dude, too, the guy. Oh, she's yeah. only 19. Yeah. But, but I mean... How stupid were you about the opposite sex when you were 19? Well, yeah, but... That I was pretty stupid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was watching Doctor Who when I was yeah, 19. I <laughs> In my parents' basement. But, um... <laughs> I wasn't. Well, so, um, I, I wouldn't be, you know, flirting with some guy in a spaceship. Three out of four of us were in the basement watching Doctor Who. <laughs> 
I'm not going to make any comment on this. I don't think we have but, anything else to do. But, no, but I, um, the thing, though, was it just seemed like it was, you mentioned, I, I'm, I'm lost on this, but Captain Jack, it just seemed like it was a little bit too much. Like, she was just kind of, I mean, one of the things the show does is instead of just showing us someone is really good, like the doctor, or really sexy like Captain Jack or whatever, they have to keep pounding it in our head, and it was like Rose going, oh, oh, you know, and, and okay, we get it, you know, and, and then later on it's Martha and Rose with the doctor and stuff like that, and it's like, okay, we get it that the doctor's really powerful or Captain Jack's really... But there was also that scene of that tension it? towards the end where the doctor starts dancing and he looks over at, with Rose and he looks over at Captain Jack. Yeah, like, well, that's... They let's meant fight to... over her. I'm like, yeah, just throw her out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then the doctor goes... That's the another one. Who, who who does he want to dance with? What do you mean dance? At this point, we're like not talking dance, are we? We're talking sex, right? Russell, are you telling us something that the doctor is going to have sex with Captain Jack? Is that something that you were now after the episode's over? You're going ha with the action figures going like, oh boy, that would be great. <laughs> well, we know Moffat plays with the action figures. Is it Moffat that was doing? Yeah, it was Moffat. Yeah. 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 Okay, I was thinking Russell did this, but. I'm sure which was, is yeah, storyboards or something. It was not a spoof at all. I mean, that's that was just him being documented on a couple day before. Probably. <laughs> okay, well, uh, thank you for listening.